Hello, and welcome to Tiny Marketing. I'm Sarah Noel Block, and I teach small marketing departments that are tired of feeling overwhelmed and under-resourced how to build and manage effective and efficient marketing strategies that work for them. Get ready. It's time to dig in and get a big impact with your tiny team. Hello, this is Sarah Noel Block, your host, and we are on Tiny Marketing. Today, we're going to be talking about how to expand your team without expanding your headcount. You get to save on uh, those those bennies, those benefits, and annual salaries when you outsource to 1099 contractors. Today, I have Donnie Bovine. And he is going to be teaching us all about how to not screw up outsourcing. So stay with me. We'll be right with him. Hello. Hey, girl. I've been excited to hang out with you. Uh, it's always a fun conversation. So so this should be fun. Should be yeah. Fun. Yeah. Same here. I am a big fan of expanding your team through outsourcing. I'm not trying to pay for those those benefits and for people that I might need for projects, but not for everyday things. For sure. For sure. Topic near and dear to my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, so for sure. Really quick, Donnie Bogan, the CEO and founder of the Success Champions Family of Companies. Uh, spent four years in the Marine Corps, 20 years as a straight commission sales rep, and then turned 40 and launched my own company, Success Champions. Six months into launching that company, I looked at my wife and said, babe, we're about to lose everything we own because I had no clue how to be a business owner. Uh-huh. Um, I'm sure some of you can relate. Um, and I found podcasting in May of 2018, and that turned my company around. It taught me operations. It taught me how to outsource. It taught me, you know, all the systems and processes I needed in place for business. Five months after that launch, my first podcast became number 22 in the world. And thanks. Uh, I got all the screenshots sitting next to Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins and Gary Vee and all. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and then uh, a massive non-compete that I was under came up and I was able to start talking about sales and business development. And with that combination of podcasting, you know, sales conversations, I've grown to now six companies, four best-selling books, two top podcasts, and a partridge in a pear tree. Wow. <laughs> that is super impressive. It- Okay, I'm just I'm just gonna be right here. Catching <laughs> <laughs> uh, my breath on that. It's been a fun journey. A lot of script. Can I skip? I don't remember if I can cuss on your show or not. If I can't, just say no. That's no. Fine. Good. I'll clean it up. I'll keep it clean. Um, <laughs> if, if you're sensitive, don't listen to my podcast. So, so, so I'm cool. personally not sensitive, but. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. Don't listen to growth mode, which is my our newest podcast we have out there in the marketplace. If you if you don't like profanity, so. But you know, it's it's been a cool series. You know, most of us as we're going through business, nobody's teaching this stuff like how to outsource. You know, how to sell, how to market. I mean, you got to go break a lot of things, and we just got really good at screwing up the learning. We have a company model that says go break things. It's not that's not the model, but there's another word instead of things um, <laughs> <laughs> that we use. Uh, I'm in the blank. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it served us well, and we've just learned if things aren't breaking, then you're not going big enough. 
And so we, we, we've challenged a lot of our own thought processes to break through some of our own mental ceilings that we put on ourselves. And, and some things have worked really well. Some things have failed miserably. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's all a learning process to continue to build a business and move forward. Yeah, I have a similar saying in, in marketing. Test I bet that. yours is a lot nicer than mine is, though. <laughs> um, perhaps. It's, it's a whole lot of testing and failing and falling before you find that thing that works and then you replicate. <laughs> test, yeah, fail, I like fail, it. test, replicate. <laughs> I love it. I love Success. it. <laughs> so before I forget, um, now that you told me all about your podcasting success, I really want to have you on the show again talking about that. Sure, sure. But let's get into outsourcing. I don't want to miss the point of this conversation. Let's get into outsourcing. So tell me how you use outsourcing to scale your business. Cool. I'll start off with how I screwed it up. Okay, um, that's perfect. So when I launched Success Champions, our first podcast, um, I had big aspirations. We launched a daily show and I knew quickly because we were getting some household names as guests on our show that we couldn't run a typical generic podcast that we had to start putting systems and processes in place. I also learned that I sucked at editing and I shouldn't be the guy editing all the podcasts and stuff. Yeah. So I went looking at my network to find somebody that could edit and I was just in the process and I gave a speech at an event um, for a bunch of veterans. And one of the guys who was filming came up afterwards and goes, man, I love your message and I love what you do. Do you need help with your podcast or anything? And I said, yeah, I need an editor um, for my podcast, but I'm, my company's not in a place yet to where I can afford to mm-hmm. you know, pay somebody to do all this stuff. And he's like, well, I need sales training. He goes, I need somebody to teach me how to sell. And I'm like, cool. How about I teach you to sell? You edit my podcast. And he's like, perfect, let's do it. And that was my first attempt at an outsource, right? Nice. So being unknowledgeable of how to properly outsource, I pretty much said, here you go, Joe. Podcast is yours. Yeah. And I remember he came back with the first edits of my podcast. And I went to listen to it. And I'm like, Joe, what is this? This is crap, dude. This is This doesn't even sound like my show. And he thought he had created the greatest thing since like the Taj Mahal. And, and, you know, he looked at me, he goes, Oh my God, what's wrong with it? And so I started walking him through and, and for a little bit, I was mad. Like how could somebody put this out there? And then while talking to him, I had this thing went off in the back of my head and I went, Joe, I'm so sorry. He goes, for what? I said, man, I completely set you up for failure. He goes, Thank you for saying it. He goes, I had no idea what you wanted. You just handed me the podcast and said, go. Yeah. And I did. And and then I was mad because he didn't couldn't read my own damn mind. That's you know? a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and so so what I had to do is we jumped on a Zoom and I showed him everything I wanted to do. We recorded these videos, you know, step by step. Yeah. So and then the next thing he came back, edited was pristine i mean he was such a better editor the flow was right everything was good so it was a great lesson learned for me two biggest lessons learned out the gate was one if you don't tell them what you want you can't be pissed on what you get you know and and the second if you don't have some sort of sops standard operating procedures for them to follow then it's going to fail miserably you know 
Um, so it was, it was a great way to screw up quickly in outsourcing to be able to find success. Cause we're at like, we have like 37 people we outsource different projects to at the moment. Yeah. You need to have these systems set up and to be able to train people easily and at scale when you're outsourcing. So like in the marketing world, having brand guidelines that you can share out, um, content strategies that make it clear what your voice needs to sound like and how you should be writing examples of what you like, creative briefs for the actual project. And I would like to create Loom videos that walk people through exactly what they need to do to succeed at that project. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we've, have entire playbooks now for our different companies, you know, so there's no position in any of our companies that if somebody were hit by a bus, somebody wouldn't be able to step right into that role um, and pick up and go through. Huh? It's so important. And that's uh, something that's skipped all the time because it takes time. It, it does takes time off the bat and you're, you're outsourcing because you don't have that time, but it saves you so much time in the end. <laughs> I just had one of my employees reach out to me and then, you know, we'd hired a VA to help him on a particular project. And I'm like, how's it working out with the VA? And he's like, well, I haven't used her yet. I'm like, like <laughs> why not? I'm like, we, she said, there he goes, because it's quicker for me to just get the project done versus creating all the SOPs. And I said, you got two choices. Mm-hmm. I said, you either decide we're not a fit as a company to work for, or you get the SOPs done because you can't just be the only person that does that job. That's not a scalable thing. Yeah. You know, and so it's a mental mind shift. So, you know, in addition to that, for me, that first outsource really taught me how to free up my time. Because one of the reasons my business was failing so miserably early on was I was doing everything. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing everything in your business, sorry you don't have a business you have a job yeah there's no ability to scale none none um and so um in a in a afternoon i was just mad business wasn't growing like i wanted to um i couldn't figure out what i was doing wrong i I pulled out a piece of paper and i started scribbling fast every task i was doing in the business i mean writing down everything and down to taking the trash out right you know Mm -hmm. every little thing i could think of I drew a line straight next to this. And I still this day, I don't know why I did this, but it worked really well. I wrote a phrase above the column to the right. And I said, would Steve Jobs do this task? And then I went down and I realized how many stupid things I was actually doing in the business. I had no business doing. Like, I'm not an operational guy. I should never be doing operations. Well, it sounds like you're somewhat operational because you know how to decide what met, what you should be doing and what should be outsourced. Well, it was really easy. It's the things I didn't like doing. I'm like, you know, there's some things that I really enjoy and there's some things that I'll never get off the plate, but, but as a business owner, you've got to be the face of the company, mm-hmm. right? You're going to be the person because nobody's going to be as passionate about your business as you are. And, and that time being the face. For sure. <laughs> for sure. And, and, you know, so, but putting that list and kind of prioritizing things out really makes it easy to start figuring out what you should be outsourcing and how to do it. And I hear people all the time, they're like, but I can't afford to outsource. My first outsource was a damn trade. Yeah. 
That's such a good point. That is how most people start outsourcing is trading. Yep. Yeah. And so what I want people to think about is I I think one of the most successful things we did was create a Facebook group Um, because we could collectively keep all of our people who are fans of the show or fans of the books or, you know, just fans of the things we were doing. And I kept putting opportunities like, you know, once a week, we'll put a post in the Facebook group that says, hey, what do you do for a living? Tell us in 10 words and put a link to your stuff. And we've hired so many, you know, vendors and whatnot out of that post because we're usually when I put that post out, we're looking for a very particular thing. Now, I never put the post out. Hey, I can't say never, but most of them, I won't put the post out. Hey, I'm looking for a photographer. I don't want to be bombarded by people in their sales pitches. The DMs will, (laughs) but I will put out there, Hey, what do you do? And then I can go hand pick and I can look at their stuff. And, you know, you can tell a lot about a person's, you know, presence in the world by their social media, by their website, how they're showing up in the world. And, you know, so we've hired a lot of people out there, but, Having that Facebook group kind of gave, gave us a place of collective fans, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so these people were already into our brand, already into the things we were doing. So when we reached out, they already had an understanding of what we were doing, the things we were accomplishing. So it was a lot of fun to partner up with a lot of these people because, well, my, my first copywriter I hired, she's like, you're my favorite client because I get to use the F word in copywriting and you're the only client that lets me do that. So. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and don't treat these people like employees, you know, they're running their own company. Yep. Yep. You know, and, and you got to have fun. I mean, work with people you're going to outsource that you want to go have a cocktail with. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I completely agree. My entire team, I'm like, I adore them. I love them. We'll chat all day on Slack. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for sure you know my, my my greatest success story with outsourcing is kevin snow um and he's my chief operations officer now um but when early in the business i think i was within the first six months of the company when things i had no idea what the heck i was doing um i was screwing around with mailchimp mm-hmm. right if you want to know something that this guy here donnie should never be doing is any sort of sales automation tech software i shouldn't touch it ever <laughs> at all I'm not bad with technology, but that technology, I just can't do. So I'm sitting here trying to figure out MailChimp campaigns and build all these things out. And so I'm YouTube videos, Google, everything, trying to figure this stuff. And things are just haywire. So I put a post in a group. I'm like, does anybody know freaking MailChimp? Because this is a stupid software and I can't make anything work. Yeah. And Kevin on that post, he, I had a lot of people instantly try and pitch me, right? You know, they're jumping in my DMs. You're like, oh, pain point. Let's sell this guy. Right. And Kevin, Kevin was so smart. He jumped on that message and he walked me through like 20 things to check. And, you know, step by step, this is the things I should look at. And so I liked it. I mainly sent him a friend message. I said, hey, would you be willing to jump on a Zoom? I'll pay you if need be to walk me through a few things. And he said, sure. Um, and then he said, you know, just so you know, MailChimp's not really the program I work with, but most of these work same. And we had a great conversations and um, I thought I could handle it on my own. And then, of course, I try and go and do MailChimp on my own now, DIY style, and I screw everything up. And then some of you people are listening are probably like MailChimp wizards who are just laughing at me. But, um, you know, it was just beyond my scope. So about six months after that, 
um, as I was finally frustrated that I couldn't get the email stuff where I wanted, I reached back out to Kevin and I said, Hey dude, you know, can you, what would it look like for me to bring you in as a outsource all my emails and everything to you? Um, and you know, we ended up working on a deal originally that I wouldn't pay him up front. I would pay him off of results. So he would get 10% of every deal we brought in through his email automation program. And he loved that idea. And so that's how we started working together um, as a 1099 outsourced, you know, thing. And then as we became friends and continued to grow, um, this dude took on so many tasks and so many awesome things that he's grown all the way up to my chief operations officer of all six companies. Wow. You know, and, and that story. yeah, it, it, it's just totally cool because, you know, people are trying to be everything to everybody. You know, he yeah. was specializing in nothing but email automations, you know, so, so it gave me a chance to get in, explore skill set, get to know him. And, you know, he just kept saying, Hey, I can do that for you. I can do that for you. And, you know, here we are now and we're doing a lot together. I need to pause you there because you made some amazing points just about how marketing should be done. Don't pitch. Don't pitch slap people. Pitch slap. I'm borrowing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Educate. By educating your consumer or your prospective customer, that's how you build trust. That's how you start to sell. You need to educate them and not try and sell them. In the end, that's what results in getting that sale. And that's exactly what happened with him is he educated you. He didn't try and get right in there and make some money off of you, but it eventually turned into that into a business opportunity. That's where a lot of people miss the mark is they don't understand when you you provide that value, that's what gets the sale. Hey folks, Sarah here, popping over to introduce the Tiny Marketing Club. This membership is for B2B service founders struggling to market their business sustainably. The Tiny Marketing Club will help you build and maintain a lean marketing engine that helps you build authority and visibility with your dream clients, making it easy to increase your pipeline without burning out. Together, we'll build your lean marketing engine and the systems to make it so damn easy for you to keep it up without a team or a big budget. Go to sarahnoelblock.com slash club and click the button that says apply for the club to get added to the waitlist. See you there. I don't remember if he taught me this, if I learned it, but I mean, cause he teaches a lot of how to get business out of Facebook because I mean, his and I's relationship is a huge win of what you can do through yeah, Facebook. I mean. group, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and the, the cool idea that he always uh, talks about specifically um, is it's never about the person who responds and answers to your questions. So if somebody puts a post out and they're like, I'm frustrated with MailChimp, nine times out of 10, the person who put that post out is going to be a DIYer. I was, right? I was a DIY person that wanted to do it myself. And I was looking for free advice mm-hmm. for somebody to teach me, right? So the person who puts out that comment or that content, nobody gives a damn about them, really. What's interesting and where all the business happens is actually in the comments. And it's how you respond. 
Because even now in social media, um, from a sales standpoint, when I put out content, it's never really about the people that that respond or ask questions or anything else. It's all about how you respond because it's all the lurkers that end up hiring you. It's all the people. Right. It is the lurkers. Yep. Wonder why that is. Um, <laughs> You're right. And it's because the other people have so much time on their hands, right? The people yeah. that are engaging, commenting, you know, they have time on their hands. And, and so the lurkers, they're looking for you how you respond. Mm-hmm. So I always try and respond in longer form to questions and things like Kevin did originally with me. Yeah. Because it provides value and people get to see that you're actually an expert in something and you really know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. When people reach out to me to work with me, it's always lurkers. They, <laughs> always. Said they saw me on LinkedIn or they found my show and then I look and they never commented. They never <laughs> they didn't even subscribe, but they watched all of the episodes. Yep. And it's so funny how that works. So well, people quit because they're not getting the engagement that they want. But there's people that are the dark viewers. <laughs> the dark viewers. I like it. I like <laughs> it. So pitch slap and dark viewers. I like it. I like it. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think there's a big thing to vanity metrics. You know, as we do anything, we put on any content, we're hoping people like it. We're hoping people comment on it. Like, you know, if a comment to me is like a virtual hug, I'm like, Oh my God, somebody love my stuff. <laughs> you know? And, and so, so it's hard not to get wrapped up in those vanity metrics. Um, and so when people aren't getting the likes and comments, they think their things aren't working and it's just a game of patience because eventually the, the reach outs, um, and I always tell everybody, you know, you know, you're doing content, right? And I can push it back to outsourcing, but you know, you're doing content, right? When you start pissing people off, because, you know, I put out a post not too long ago that said, stop closing the sale. Nobody wants to be closed. And I said, you know, if you're a close, if you're trying to close a deal, you're an idiot. Um, that stuff just doesn't work in this day and age. And you should have seen the used car salespeople come out of the woodworks. You're an idiot. You shouldn't talk about sales. I'm taking screenshots and posting them on my Facebook group. I'm like, yes, this post one, you know, because I'm pissing yeah. people off, you know. And so, so there's something to be said about picking the right fights. Oh yeah, that's that's so funny. My husband asked me the other day if I ever get any trolls. <laughs> Nobody cares about me that much. Give it time. Give it time. Uh, you keep putting out enough content, they will come. And you know, I'm empathetic to them because. All they got in life is enough time to come, you know, say crap on my post. Sorry about your life, you know, but in the same token, that's also the highlight of their day, you know, so, so I'm good with that, you know, but, but back on the outsourcing, we've had to constantly put steps and procedures in place. You know, we've had to make sure we fully understood what we were doing so we could properly outsource. Mm-hmm. So one cool trick that you guys can do as you're listening to this is like, I'll, I'll speak it from a sales perspective. because That's the easiest one for me to do. When we build a procedure, I build it for somebody else. So even if you work for yourself, so everybody should have some sort of sales process in their company, right? This is how you find somebody new. This is how you talk to them. This is how you onboard them. This is how you work all the way up to referral. I don't believe a deal is completely done 
until that client has got what you said they're going to get and they're willing to give you referrals, right? Then the deal is done. Okay. Yeah. So in knowing that, I know how to do that, but could I explain it to a salesperson? Likely. But if you go through and you build that process out like you would be doing it for a salesperson that you would be hiring, mm-hmm. now it takes you emotionally out of the scenario so you can build all the steps along the way so that when you build that process, you're building it for somebody else. And then somebody will be able to come behind you and actually do those tricks and tactics. Yeah. You're, you've given us some really good nuggets today. <laughs> good, good, good. So. Um, for, for me, Sarah, nobody was teaching me this stuff, right? And, and I tell everybody, I, I probably wouldn't have listened had they tried. I'm just, um, my ego gets in the way of learning a lot of times, you know, so, so I just made a promise to myself that as I continue to grow and scale, that I've got to come back and teach as many people the, the things that I've done to try and make that uh, the, the whole process just simpler and easier. Because most of us, like me, we spent years being employees, working for other people. Somebody always said, this is what you got to do. And, you know, and don't definitely having your own business is like just thrown to the wolves and you're figuring it out as you go. For sure. For sure. And, you know, I was looking, I mean, there's guys like Gary Vee, love my hand, I don't care. But he was telling everybody, be an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur. And so, you know, made it sound very, very easy. Use him as an excuse is one of the reasons I jumped in and launched a business. And nobody tells you how hard it's actually going to be, right? Nobody tells me, I mean, tells you that you're going to wake up every morning, get punched in the face, and have to smile, and then wake up the <laughs> next morning going, "Ooh, let's do this all over again." You know, yeah. it's it's not an easy thing, and you know, everybody's trying to get to some sort of level of freedom you know, when it comes to business and everybody's got a message, they got a skill set, they've got something and they just want enough people to see that they're really just good at what they do, but they don't know how to go about, you know, reaching out to people to have new conversations. They, you know, uh, most people, especially from a marketing perspective, somebody else went and found the business and then you did marketing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so trying to get people to wrap their head around early on in your business, got to be a salesperson first and then a business owner second. Yeah. I did not like the idea of sales <laughs> at all when I started my business. And it wasn't even, I mean, I don't feel like I'm a salesperson. I feel like I have consultative conversations. As it should, and be, as it should be. They choose to work with me or they don't. <laughs> but it wasn't until recently that I realized that that is selling. 100%. It's just a different frame. Yep. And, and, and that's it. I mean, just to help your listeners out, I mean, sales is nothing more than a conversation. It's a conversation mm-hmm. that happens to have an outcome. And as long as you don't care about that outcome, sales is really, really easy. Yeah, that is a good point. You can't care or else you're going to end up taking like too little of money or projects that aren't a good fit for you because you're just too desperate. For sure. Um Probably one of the biggest philosophies that, that people love that I throw out there is quit trying to qualify everybody to come work with you. Quit trying to convince them to come work with you and start disqualifying them. Uh, and what I mean by that is we've all had clients that we shouldn't have brought on because 
bosses. They were jerk holes. They were just horrible, didn't pay or whatever. We've all had them, right? <laughs> I tell people to make a list of characteristics of that horrible client. And then as they sit across from somebody, they need to ask questions to uncover if this person's going to fit any of those characteristics. And the more you sit across from somebody and, try, and actively try and disqualify them, you're going to have just a hell of a lot better conversation um, of, do you really want to work with that individual? And it just changes the whole dynamic of sales. Um, it's like telling somebody, you know, when you go on an interview, don't just sit there and ask questions. You need to be interviewing that company. Make sure you want to work there. It's the same thought yeah. process in sales. You know? Yeah. And that's another thing that I just like recently started doing is I don't need to work with everybody. Right? I work with the people that I want. There's lessons learned over time. For sure. And, and it just makes life so much it's the same thing i want to work with clients that i want to go have a beer with i want to go have a, a rum yeah. with you know i don't want to work with people that when they're pop up on my phone i'm like crap man i don't want to talk to that person yeah you're not starting a business to work with people you don't enjoy being with you started your business to have the life that you want exactly right exactly right you know and you got to have fun and if your business is currently not fun, um, it, it's a couple of things. You're not out talking to enough new people. You know, you're not having great conversations with your clients because your client should be your number one referral partner. Yeah. You know, um, and they should be opening doors for you. And by the way, guys, this all applies to outsourcing too. You should be grilling these outsourcing people just as hard as you should be your, your prospective clients. Yeah, that's true. I always start with a test project too, something very short term. And that doesn't have a big impact on my business and doesn't affect my clients at all. Just to see how we vibe before I actually commit to anybody. For sure. Now I've got one outsource that I've done that I love. I don't know what she does. I'll be fully transparent on that, but I've loved working with her. Um, so Pinterest is a platform I don't care about whatsoever. I don't need to eat my dinner out of a mason jar, right? So, You're missing out. <laughs> I've actually been on there a couple of times to look at some projects and things to do around my farm. But um, I hired a young lady by the name of Sarah Ankney um, to take over Pinterest. And I said, all right, it's yours. No direction. No, I didn't even know what direction to give her. I'm like, just make Pinterest yeah. work. Um, and she's done an amazing job. I've loved working with her. And, you know, every year or so, I up what I pay her without her asking just because I don't have to think about it, right? I don't have to do anything. That's a fun way to outsource. But other than that, yeah, you need to give them, like you said, the test projects. Let them go see if they can actually handle it. Um, and I always like to try and stump them. Well, not stump them, but give them some sort of task that requires them to go further than they probably were expecting. That's a good, yeah, that's a good idea. I usually give them something that's for my own business so it doesn't affect anybody right. else. And if I hated it, then I don't continue working. <laughs> no, um, and you know, it, it, you want to see: can they take direction? Can mm -hmm. they actually interpret what you said? Can they follow directions? You know, because a lot of people, you know, in, in this in this kind of gig economy we're in, anybody can be in you know a VA. You know, there's no requirements, there's no laws, there's no degrees in it. You know, so if you have any talent, you can turn that into a business. Yeah. So. You know, and there's a lot of people that, you know, have a so-called business that have never done it before. 
you know, they've never had any clients. So you got to go figure that thing out. Oh, then that just made me think of one more thing is don't hire a jack of all trades. Um, one of the things that I screwed up was hiring somebody who says, I do social media. Well, that, that just means they create pictures in Canva, just so people know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need like an excellent copywriter, someone with some social media strategy experience. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and we go even a little bit more extreme. Uh, we hire for a specific platform. So like for social media, I'm, I'm like, you know, yeah, Pinterest, that's your thing. Facebook, that's your thing. LinkedIn, that's your thing, you know? Yeah. I like that point because there's vastly different. Oh, massive, massive. And if anybody ever figures out TikTok, let me know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I just started creating reels on Instagram and I feel like a Gen Zer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, and one of my TikToks, it was funny. Somebody's like, dude, go back to Instagram, grandpa. I'm like, <laughs> Dude, I'm 44 years old. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> so, um, but that particular comment, if you go through my my TikTok, you'll see I actually screenshot of that and put a picture of me holding it up, a finger up to it. I'm like, dude, thank you for this comment. Because of that, I got 44 new followers and then like 2,000 more, you know, likes and shares on it. So I'm like, keep calling me grandpa. You know? Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. For sure. For sure. You know. Well, to wrap it up, but I wanted to know if there's anything else that you want to share with the audience and how everyone can find you. Yeah. So uh, a couple of fun things. One, um, on Amazon, I have a book called Endless Stream of Referrals. Um, it's the number one bestseller, but if you want referrals are the easiest way to bring business in, you know, to you. So go get that book. But if they will text the word success to 817-318-6030, We'll send them over a bunch of free training, a bunch of information to invite them over to the Facebook group. But text the word success. Yep. 817-318-6030. And if you're international, hit plus one. But um, and text the word success over to that. And we'll we'll send you a bunch of cool things. And that'll get you to all my stuff. Other than that, anywhere on social media, look for Donnie Bovine or Success Champions and we'll pop up there. All right. Let's see. Is this correct? 817-318-6030. Close. It's not 16-6030. And why she's putting it up there, guys, do me a favor. If you guys got any value whatsoever, any nuggets I may have dropped, any nuggets Sarah may have dropped, you know, anything that was helpful for your business, do her the coolest thing and share this out with somebody else. Being a podcaster myself, the greatest thing in the world is when you get a new subscriber or somebody says, hey, I got value out of this show. So Every sh- single one, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 um, you know, you, you put out com- content, so hoping that somebody will engage with it. So so do us a favor. Make sure, you know, send her a DM and let her know what you got out of this. Share this with a friend that should be listening, engaging with the show. It, it's literally like giving her a virtual hug every time. So, so reach out. Um, it'll mean everything to her. It's true. I will. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. It was an absolute blast. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining Tiny Marketing. I help tiny marketing departments create consistent content that builds trust with your audience. 
Get one month of content in one week by visiting sarahwellblock.com. And take what you learned today and apply it to your tiny marketing department to see the growth that you deserve. Don't forget to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. We'll see you next time.